Get ready, wrestling fans. We are going to talk about All In coming up this weekend, Sunday night, breaking down every single match and all of the mind-bending twists that are already taking place even before the show is underway. But before we do, let's get started. Welcome to the And Still, a wrestling podcast. Your weekly podcast covering the latest in the world of professional wrestling. Welcome back in. Myself, Morgan, Kevin and Drew here to talk more wrestling with you. This is episode three, fellas. I know you're excited to get back into it and continue the discussion because this this podcast episode is actually highlighting probably the biggest show in AEW history. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know you might you might beat me up for saying it so early. It may not be the best card, and we will discuss that as we go through, but it is the biggest show as far as uh, production value out there, in my opinion. So again, this Sunday is going to be AEW All In, not to be confused with All Out, which is also going to be uh, soon after. So, uh, but we're going to talk about AEW All In, the entire match card, starting from the pre-show all the way to the main event. Uh, before I do, let's uh, welcome in the co-hosts of the podcast. First up, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Doing awesome, man. And listen. Everybody knows what opinions are like, right? I think the most important AEW show wasn't an AEW show. It was the original All In before AEW was even created. Because without that show, we wouldn't have what we know today as AEW. And that's my thought. A lot has happened since that very first show. And a lot of people, including us, talked about how we were skeptical of whether or not they could pack out the stadium and reach their goal that Tony Khan set uh, ahead of Wembley showdown. But Drew, I think you were actually the believer. You always felt like, hey, they could do it. They could sell it uh, 80,000 plus. They could they could match the, what is it, WrestleMania 32. Uh, they could beat the records. And you were always pretty positive about the, uh, the attempt to fill the stadium. Thanks, Morgan. Um, yeah, like whenever, if I learned anything from back, WWE doing Backlash in, uh, what was it, Puerto Rico, and you know how money in the bank and cash uh clash of the castle went down it's like you you get this sense that like outside the united states these audiences are hungry for a real big wrestling organization to do a show of this caliber there and i was and especially after like backlash being the way it was i you know in puerto rico i definitely got that vibe it was like you know they can sell this out without, you know, even really giving us the card. Like just alone, they like. I think these fans are the are so hungry for this caliber of a wrestling show that they buy in for this show, regardless of what is going to be on the card. And that said, despite that, you know what we say, what we have our predictions of what the card is or is not going to be good. I really think this crowd shows out for this show. I think you're going to have a very energetic, very lively crowd at this thing. I'm interested to see what Kevin has to say as well. Kevin, uh, you know, they're going over to uh, Wembley and London. And, you know, 
as Drew mentioned, it does seem like they might be in a situation where, you know, the wrestling fans over there, overseas, pretty much everywhere except for the United States, are just clamoring for more. They want any great wrestling possible, no matter what it is. And as Drew mentioned, maybe not even knowing what the card is going to be. Do you agree with that? Well, let me first say the sight of Drew sitting in his bathrobe, stroking his AEW replica championship is quite disturbing to me. I have a bathrobe? <laughs> I hope that's a bathrobe. That is not a bathrobe, yo. This is... It looks that's like a t-shirt, Kevin. It's a t-shirt, yo. Kevin. <laughs> a t-shirt, yo. Uh, and, and yeah, I think uh, what we're seeing is um, uh, pent-up demand. So when was the last time a professional wrestling company went there and did a large-scale show? Keep in mind, you're not pulling just from the UK. You're pulling from all of Europe. People are going to make this trek to, to fill out 81,000, 82,000 people. Um, and to that point, they're just going to see wrestling. And again, they didn't know what the card was until a couple weeks ago, just like us. So they sold tickets based off of the experience. And you know, Morgan, you said something last week. When it comes to pay-per-view, Tony Khan does it right. And I think that's what we're going to see. However, some of this to me looks a little bit like a glorified house show. And I'll get into more of that in my predictions. Yeah, that's interesting you mentioned the glorified house show because that's how I kind of wanted to start it with uh, some of the adjustments. Now, we know anything can happen in the wrestling industry, and we know that it often does happen where things have to get moved around, and that match that you were always wanting to see doesn't end up being uh, coming to fruition uh, because of an injury or whatever may go on. But, but recently, Tony Khan came out and wow. said that not only did he – uh, have some, you know, just random, this is life events happen that, that caused the card to change. But also he had some things where he felt like he pre-planned some things a couple of weeks in advance. So the original card wasn't what he had put out there originally. I don't really know what he means by that, but he said, quote, there'll be some adjustments to the card. Some of them have been planned from the beginning, which that's what gives me some confusion there. So he, he, He's talking about something's already been discussed. And then some of the things we're de they're dealing with were on the fly. Uh, he said, quote, also, I would love it if the first thing I write now months ago for pay-per-view card was actually what came to life. So, Drew, what do you think about those comments about some of the things that were planned and some of the things that were on the fly? Um, planned? I am not sure what he's getting at. And I guess we're gonna have to find play that one by ear and find out at, you know, the same time as everybody else does. And as far as like on the fly, it's like, why do I get the feeling we're gonna talk about this when we talk about what do we think is gonna go down to the tag team title match? Kevin, uh, I know that you you're you're the guy of the rumor sheets. You've seen a lot, read a lot. Um, obviously Tony Khan mentions and admits, admits that it's rarely the case that when you plan something out months ago, it goes exactly as planned. So are you shocked or, or surprised by any of the things going on right now, now that we are literally five days away, uh, as, as our listeners are listening, uh, four days away. So let's look at what we know. There, there are four people who won't be there. Number one is Brian Danderson. We know he broke his arm. And obviously that was not in the cards for him long-term. And I'm sure they would have liked to have had them in England, uh, had him in England. Jamie Hayter with some travel visa issues. She was part of a very prominent angle. We're not going to see her. 
Pac, who up to three weeks ago was going to be part of this pay-per-view. We all knew it. Uh, they set up that big angle between him walking out on um, the uh, – the Blackpool, Blackpool, Com- yeah, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, and now we scrapped that, and we just learned today that Ray Phoenix isn't going to be able to travel to England, so we know that they're going to do a quote-unquote injury angle tomorrow night. Possible things that he couldn't have foreseen, uh, probably what went down with Cash Wheeler this week, which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, and then, you know, other scenarios, people are sick, people are hurt, uh, last minute, a couple days before the show, so on and so forth. And like I said last week, that's one of the big concerns I have with putting Cole and MJF on a pre-show. They could get hurt. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? Let's let's go down that rabbit hole. All right, Drew. Let's say that we're at match one, Aussie Open, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, zero-hour pre-show match versus MJF and Adam Cole. What happens if one of those guys get injured? If you were Tony Khan, I'm putting, I'm, I'm not giving you the money. I'm just giving you the, the power to make the decision here. And even in a, even in a fictional world, okay, no money, no actual power, just fiction. But what would you do if one of those major guys got hurt in your pre-show? In the world of professional wrestling, you improvise. Um, most likely, it'd be one of those things like depending on how bad the individual is hurt. Um, The good part, and I guess the reason they feel like they can get away with this is because they're going to put that on the pre-show. And if something were to go wrong, you've got a solid, what, three, three and a half hours probably to figure out how to work around this situation, whether you shorten that match, you know, or fill it in with somebody else who, you know, you know, could take the spot or something like that. But let's be real, man. It's this is this is pro wrestling, man. You're gonna put these two guys in the ring with Aussie Open and hope for the best and hope everything goes off without a hitch. Kevin, again, we're going down the rabbit hole here, way off topic of of the what will actually happen or the, the actual card. But if one of those guys gets injured, as you've mentioned now three or four times, you're you're concerned. In all your wisdom, what would you do? So Morgan, there's a great documentary. And there's one sentence on every single wrestling card you'll ever see in history. Card subject to change. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that before. I don't want to get into how I think they're going to handle this until we get into predictions, but I have some ideas. All right, all right. He's going to tease it for us, and he's going to wait for us to get to the end of the show before we get into it. I mean, that's literally what we're dealing with here. It's like like you said, if something goes wrong, it's like we're going to have to improvise and. Here's what I would do. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I think I would do. I would do, um, I would, I would throw one of your, your, one of your main inventors into it. I would throw CM Punk. I would throw uh, Kenny Omega. I would throw somebody into it to, to make, to make up for, for the mistake uh, or the, the, uh, the accident that, whatever could or could not happen. But again, we're just going down the rabbit hole here. Let's actually get into the, the, the first match. And that is again, Aussie open the champs versus MJF and Adam Cole ring of honor, world tag team championship match, zero hour pre-show match. Um, Drew, we'll start with you first thoughts on the match and, and, and uh, how it could possibly go. Do I think the match will be good? It probably will. 
it'll also probably be, I think, inherently short. Um, it's like, I, I think, what was it last week when we were talking about this? I, I dug the idea that I think Kevin was going with that, like, you know, MJF maybe bails on the match, but then, you know, and leaves Adam Cole to deal with it by himself. But I think after watching Dynamite this past week, I was like, no, MJF's going to be in that match, and he's going to try to make that kangaroo kick thing work. Realistically, I'm leaving this, it's like, I'm leaving this as, you know, from my prediction on this, like, I can maybe see Cole and MJF actually getting the win somehow, but like, realistically, I think it'd be stupid. It's like, I just don't see him taking the ROH tag titles off Aussie Open. Call it a disqualification, count out, interference, or something like that. Titles aren't changing here, but I, but I can maybe take Cole and MJF winning. Kevin, I know we mentioned this and teased it on our last episode, but uh, we really don't see the the belts changing. Do you still feel that way now at, that we're getting closer? So listen, I'm going to do my best Heyman here, and I'm going to give you a spoiler, not a prediction. The only people that are going to get hurt in this match are Aussie Open. And the reason being is they're going to get basically made to look like a second-grade talent. And what I mean by that is I don't think this match is ever going to go off. I think it's going to be a schmoz. And I think at the end of the day, they're going to hold the belts. But this is going to set up what we see in the main event later. It's almost like a big teaser. And Aussie Open is just the vessel to get them there. Now, again, how did we get here? Now, refresh my memory. How did how did we get to a point where they're even wrestling for this match? So, in the past, the only belt I believe that Adam Cole didn't hold in Ring of Honor was the tag team belts. So, he had mentioned that, and if I'm not mistaken, MJF said, well, let's challenge for them. Something along those lines. Drew, can you keep me honest there? Say what? Um. Regarding regarding how they wound up at, to where they're challenging I, I Ring of Honor, part of it, but I also think um, it, I think there was also an aspect of hey, we didn't we went for the AEW tag titles and it didn't pan out. Well, why don't we? It's like well, since I never held this one, it's like why don't we do this together? You know, instead, it 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 kind of had a vibe to me. All like it, I hear it from your perspective of like, and you think you're right that they tried that, but it also felt like. Hey, we're going after the lesser champions. I feel like in that case, though, how could they possibly not win? I mean, I, I mean, they'd have to win and not get the belt somehow. I mean, you can't make your two top guys look weak, as Kevin mentioned, right, Drew? That's my prediction. It's like I think it's like maybe the kingdom and Roderick Strong gets involved in this some way, shape, or form. But it's like, I mean, I can see Cole and you know, and MJF getting the win, but you know, those belts aren't t changing hands. I think. No. And I agree. You got to remember that Aussie open has left new Japan. So they are a hundred percent AEW with independent booking. So I don't see them dropping the titles here. All right. Well, that's the pre-show and that's the beginning of our show. And uh, before I go any further, I wanted to remind everybody that, Hey, if you're, if you're just getting used to the, and still a wrestling podcast, uh, we've now expanded our reach. Not only are we on Spotify, but we have expanded over to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and hopefully in the future expand to 
other platforms as well, wherever you listen to your podcast. Hopefully, if you're new, you're enjoying the show. And if you haven't already, make sure you give us a rating, hopefully five stars. We appreciate it. But again, myself, Morgan, Kevin, and Drew, we talk all things wrestling, but mostly AEW because we're just a bunch of uh, neckbeard fanboys here. And uh, I think Kevin is uh, kind of a, a devil worshiper as well. But, you know, I don't I don't want to put him on uh, the spot here. But let's go into match number two. And this one is one that I think is already impacted, as we mentioned earlier, by some issues and some maybe changes in the booking. This one is the Eddie Kingston and Lucha Brothers, Penta El Zero, El Zero Mario. I don't say that right, but Ray Phoenix and the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta versus the Blackpool Compact Club, John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, and Wheeler Yuta, and three TBA in the Stadium Stampede match, by the way. They're bringing that back. It's going to be interesting to see uh, you know, how far they take it. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. Obviously, there's some issues with Ray Phoenix. And then what are your thoughts on the match and maybe those uh, predictions for the three TBA? Sure. So I think that with Ray Phoenix not being able to uh, attend, I think we make this a five on five. And I think it's going to be a fun match. I think that the surprise other two in this scenario are going to be Santana and Ortiz. I know Ortiz is cleared to go. I'm sorry, Santana is cleared to go as ACL. Uh, is looking good. I know that Ortiz was pulled from weekend uh, dates, uh, citing that he had um, conflicts, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which makes me think that they could be pulling him back in. Uh, the only thing I can't see there is why they would be on a team against lifetime, true, real life, and on-screen best friend in uh, Eddie Kingston. But I think at the end of the day, this will be a fun uh, completely off the wall, crazy match, but I think we see the combat, a uh, Blackpool Combat Club, come out on top yet again. All right, Drew, what are your thoughts? Do you agree? I know I've seen stuff on social media talking about proud and powerful, possibly making their comeback. Uh, do you agree? Disagree? What are your thoughts? I mean, I gotta, I, I agree because I know when I looked at the card, I thought to myself, this will probably be Blackpool Combat Club getting the W here. But again, like I said. It's hard to make a good, solid prediction when I don't know three of the people that are even in this match yet. I, I've heard the Santana and Ortiz thing, and then when you said that, like, but they're lifelong friends of Eddie Kingston. It's like, dude, it's like, I'm going to look at um, Kevin for this one. It's like, what if the third guy's homicide? Possible, but uh, he's kind of past his prime. And if you're not going to have six on six and do five on five, which is honestly a much more uh, applicable answer, uh, I don't know. But, I mean, it's a stadium stampede match. You could be past your prime and still, you know, work True. this heavily rehearsed type of match here. Drew, let me ask you, if Proud and Powerful does return, do they outsell the figures at Walmart? Are they going to be hard <laughs> to find? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Santana and Ortiz have never been gone. They've just been sitting on the pegs of every Walmart, Target, and every other store that sells <laughs> AEW figures. So what's your call here, Drew? Uh, I got it. Like I said, I looked at it originally. I was like, Blackpool Combat Club will probably get the win here. It's like, really, if you want to dumb this down, like, which one of these do I think is going to win? It's like, well, let's just dumb it down to this. Who do you think they're going to have standing tall at the end of the day? Orange Cassidy or John Moxley? It's one of those two, 
both of those guys are their boy. It's one of those two. Yeah, I agree. And I'm like, Mox. Yeah, I say Mox. And... Yeah, Morgan, the problem is John Moxley is just – he's to me, if you didn't have him on that other team, then I think that team it can, can lose. But, you know, when you add John Moxley to the Blackpool Combat Club and to that mix – it's hard to see a reason why they would have John Moxley lose at all. Um, you know, and maybe, I mean, in a stadium stampede match, uh, is it false count anywhere, basically, kind of thing? Yes. Uh, yes. And there's there's no elimination or anything. What do you think about, you know, in the scenario that they're in, in the stadium that they're in, do you think it will still work? Because, you know, when I think of the stadium stampede, I mean, I actually did like the – I believe it was the COVID year where they did it in the Jag stadium. That was actually a really, really fun one, but it was also to me just really fun for its time. Now that the stadiums are packed, Kevin, do you think it's a valuable type of match for a packed stadium? So two things, first of all, if the Blackpool combat club was to lose, it wouldn't be Moxley losing it'd be Utah. We all know that. It's the only reason why he's on that team is to take the occasional <laughs> L. And yeah, I mean, we see them do arena type matches often, like I'd say quarterly, where they're going into the crowds, they're going outside. You pull the old ECW and go out on Swanson or Rittner. Um, I, I definitely think it's it's possible. You know, they get they seg uh, they section off an area in the arena that they're gonna basically plunder. Um, so yeah, I think it could be done. I don't think it could be done to the level of what we saw at, uh, the Jaguar stadium because of the fact that it was empty and they had the entire football field to play in, but I think you can pull off an effective match. Yes. Drew, any final thoughts before we move on to the third match? Yeah. Looking at, uh, Kevin for this one, it's like, let's be, let's be real. The, the highlight of this match is just going to be what insane dumb shit is Eddie Kingston going to do in this match? Good point, man. Good point. I mean, all right. Well, last time, yeah. Go ahead. I was like, I mean, last time we saw this, this man tried to light a man, uh, Chris Jericho, on fire. That's that's where we stand with him. That's where the bar is for this match, man. Maybe he's a, matured a little bit now, going through the G1 climax over New Japan. Ah. I doubt it, though. Now that you guys see me on camera, I know the podcasters can't you can't see me, but do you think I look like Eddie Kingston? Not at all. No. So the guy, the guy at the collision event we went to, the guy sitting in front of me was like, dude, you are literally Eddie Kingston's uh, doppelganger. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see it. I don't, I mean, just cause I have a, a stubble. You no, know, you're, I, you're way more Austin Gunn than you are Eddie Kingston. I definitely feel like I'm, I could, I could, you know, I could uh, probably stand in for Austin Gunn, just not with the guns, you know, I'm still working on it though. I'm going back to the gym, but all right. So match number three. This one I am very interested in because Kenny Omega is my favorite wrestler right now. And I want to see the Golden Elite, uh, Ibushi, Omega, and Hangman Adam Page versus the Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson and Jay White, and Takashita, or Takashita, or whatever you want to say, um, which I wish that they would still kept that going with MJF, but they, they just kind of quit it. And I thought that was great. Maybe, maybe they felt like it would be too embarrassing for the guy to keep uh, going up against MJF with those kind of jokes. But either way, match number three, Drew, we'll start with you. 
thoughts on this match uh to me you know i don't know the whole history with the bullet club but wasn't kenny omega on the bullet club so were the bucks um so was hangman one it's like and he's in the match too right yeah i mean the the whole golden elite minus um abushi it's like they're they're all members uh former members of the bullet club but i mean it's like this is one of those matches i looked at it's like this is the match where everybody you know if this wherever this is going to be on the card this is going to be the match where these guys are deliberately going to try to show out for the sake of like you know getting you know the crowd their money's worth here like i i just think everybody here is going to put is like is going to try to step up their game will that you know work out in their favor i have no idea it's like i still think this will be a big ma- uh, good match i don't think it'll be as good as some people think it will be but it's like i don't i don't know if this will be the highlight of the show or not but again like the golden elites taking the, is getting the win here it's like it, this is one of those like you look at the two teams and it's super easy to figure out who's going over here it's like i would even argue on the previous match we just talked about the Blackpool Combat Club is going over solely because we need something to kind of balance things out because there's no way the Golden Elite isn't going over here. See, I think this would be a good scenario where you get that WWE-type pre, pre-match video uh, where you get to a little bit of backstory, like previously on the Bullet Club and the Golden Elite. You know, um, you kind of get a little bit of backstory for those of the casual fans like myself. And I see Kevin's like ears just fuming over there. I, I know it's Takeshna, but uh, I just like the way that uh, MJF pronounces it. So two things. First of all, by the time I get done speaking, Drew, I'm going to make you change your mind on who's going to go over here. And okay. Morgan, there is quite a bit of history between Kenny Omega and Kenoshke Takeshna going back to DDT when Kenoshke was a young boy. And actually, and historically, Kenoshke has already beaten Kenny Omega one time before. Gentlemen, must I remind you that we have another pay-per-view in two weeks called All Out. And we have to set up matches for that, don't we? We do. So, so think we about this. always pick the obvious is what you're saying. Well, think about this. We've heard rumors of Kenny Omega, Kenoshke, Takeshka, one-on-one for All Out. I think Don Callis is going to cause the win, cause the loss for the Golden Elite, and it's going to have something to do with uh, Kenoshke Takeshita, and that's where we're going to get it all out. So my prediction here is very easily not going to be the Golden Elite. Wait, let me ask you this. Which one has more blood? Will it be match two with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, or will it be match three with uh, Golden Elite and, and the Bullet Club Gold? Dude, they're going to have the Bloodmobile on site getting refills. After the Moxley fight, okay? <laughs> Come on now. Who in the Red Cross boat for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll just go do something else. I'll, I'll, I'll prep for college football at that point. You know, I, I already have to uh, pre- prepare for John Moxley basically cutting half of his skin off in this match. Uh, I'm sure it's going to happen. And if not, Eddie Keeks, it'll make sure it happens. Um, right, we need to get your predictions here. We we keep going to next matches, and you're not weighing in here. And we got to compare next I week. Like be, so we I can like find out who the uh, the champ of the predictions are. I like to be Switzerland here. I don't I don't want to pick a pick a winner. Okay, but I will pick one. I okay. Going back to the pre-show, I'm going to pick MJF Adam Cole. I just think 
there's no way they can make Aussie Open uh, look better than them. And, you know, I think just give them the belt, you know, just go ahead. They're going to be like ultimate, ultimate tag team, even though I really just don't in my mind, I, as I say it out loud, I think that's the dumbest idea ever. But uh, then the next one, I actually do feel like that Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy could win that match. So I'm going to actually go with them, um, you know, but as you mentioned, I could definitely see Wheeler Yuta taking the pin there. Interesting. You know, it's interesting now that you mentioned the fact that MJF and um, Adam Cole could go over. Could we get an angle where there's two people that hold belts that can't stand each other and or relinquish the titles to bring eyes to Ring of Honor and do a tournament? Yeah, I think you could do something like that. Drew, what do you think? We just did a tag team tournament for when the Briscoes had to you know, forfeit their titles. I don't see them going back to that well this quickly. Yeah, uh, good point. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Well, then, for match three for me, um, I, I, I think Kevin has convinced me. I do feel like there's some shenanigans going on, and Takeshna will, will, you know, beat Kenny Omega or whoever, and, and then it'll set up, um, you know, a showdown between the two a week later. So I like that idea. I definitely do. Um, so I look forward to that. That's probably the one I look forward to. Uh, you know, I would say the main event is definitely the one I look the most forward to, but that's got to be number two for me. Uh, do you guys agree? Is that your number two? Or is, there, or is there another one that we haven't mentioned yet? Personally, I think from a work rate perspective, I don't think you're going to see anybody else work as hard as the Young Bucks and FTR. Oh, I haven't got to that one yet. Yes. And I think secondly, it would be the match, the Golden Elite uh, versus um, Callus' stable, so to speak. This just in, there is a new stipulation for the FTR and Young Bucks match. I, I believe that Dax is going to be wrestling for uh, his his uh, sentence. So he's going to, if he gets a pin here, he's going to have a, a lower sentence when he gets back to America there. Uh, Ooh, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, and it's Dash, not Dax. Oh, excuse me, da Dash. Sorry, sorry. I, I get them all mixed up, you know. Um, all right, so match number four is going to be Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox. Uh, I really don't know how I feel about this one. I actually just watched a, uh, a video contemplation on uh, on Twitter that or X, excuse me, on X that had all of the botches that Sting has done in the past like three months. And it just is pretty painful to watch uh, one of my childhood heroes out there just, uh, you know, getting busted up. But uh, Darby Allen, Sting, Swerve Strickland, AR Fox, you got to think Sting and Darby Allen win this one. So I'm going to pick them before I go into uh, the match itself. But Kevin, thoughts on this match? Uh, any history here that we should know about? So I predict this will be the match that I get up and get one of my wife's brownies and ice cream. <laughs> Drew, do you agree? Yeah. Is, is this a brownie? You, know, you got to remember now we have announced, confirmed Darby Allen against Luchasaurus for All Out. So this is rumored to potentially be either his last or one of Sting's last matches. So this is a pick em as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think to keep, keep Swerve and AR Fox relevant, you give them the win here. Drew, what are your thoughts? Do you think that um, 
this is get coming to the end for Sting's career here? This, it's like, I know you, you took Swerve and AR Fox winning here. It's like, I'm going to go the opposite. Darby and Sting are going to win here. This match has one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to give Sting his flowers in front of this large of a crowd. There's no other rhyme and reason um, to this match. This, and you're right. Like you said, you're going to go get something to eat, you know, whenever this match is on. Let's be real. This match is, has a purpose, which is Sting walks out to the ring, some stuff happens, and Sting gets, you know, the victory and gets to, you know, cheer in front of the crowd. And that's it. It's like this, this match is going to be all about Sting. And he's probably not going to do a whole lot in this match, I think. And it's like, I know how you were saying, like I said, all the botches he's made in the, like the last three months and stuff like that. I want to remind you what the guy's what, like 64 years old right now. It's like, he's, he's doing amazing. Even though he's botching, I'm like, the dude's doing amazing for somebody his age. It's like, if you want to see how bad it can truly get, go find Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> Drew, Drew, I'm going to ask you, what's the weather like on planet Drew? So do you see AR Fox going in the coffin? Cause somebody has to go into a coffin. And in your world, if they're going to lose, I wouldn't put Swerve in there. I would put AR Fox, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably AR Fox takes, you know, I, I think it's one of those, like, as it stands now, neither of those guys, you know, is going to lose the credibility whatsoever if they end up in the coffin. It's just going to be Sting doing the, you know, the minimum that keep him safe. Sting probably doing one stupid thing where, like, he jumps off of something or other. Um AR Fox and Swerve carry this match and Darby tries to kill himself for the 800th time, but this time it's in front of a bunch of, um, you know, people in Europe. So it's same old, same old. So I, I'm going to go with Darby Allen and Sting win. Uh, Drew has convinced me. I do think this is give Sting his flowers moment. As Kevin mentioned, this could be his last match or one of his, close to uh, final matches. This is obviously his biggest match as far as crowd is involved in many years, I'm sure. So, um, you know, I feel like because of that, Allen and Sting win, I think I agree with Drew. It's not going to hurt Strickland and Fox. I mean, they've, they've lost worse matches on weekdays than this. So I don't think it's a big deal. And for those guys, I think, you know, uh, it'll be an honor to be a part of the match. So, you know, just to, just to get their moment will be good. And I, and and also, Drew, I think Sting's crazy enough to do a bunch of crazy stuff, not just one or two. Drew, did Morgan just downplay the Sting years in TNA and how the hundreds of thousands of packed houses that he performed in front of during that time? With all 2,000 people maybe in that audience? <laughs> You know, I feel bad saying that because a lot of what Sting was doing in TNA Impact was actually pretty good. But just, you know, it's like, this, that's another way to look at this. This match with Sting is really, a, you know, is designed for one purpose. It's a screw you to the WWE for like, hey, we're putting Sting in front of the biggest, you know, audience he's ever had. Not WrestleMania. Did you see within hours of Sting doing his Joker Sting impression, TNA put out a highlight reel of almost two hours of him doing that shtick in TNA 15 years ago? Yes, but I asked the other question. 
How is there two hours worth of material of Joker Sting? Yeah, right. <laughs> the truth, though. Okay, here's the question now. What kind of face paint does he come out with? Oh, man. Like, hard one? I mean, does no, he come out with I, something I, like old school? Does he come out with something new? Does he do, do I see an incorporation of the Union Jack here. Do you know how cool it'd be if he actually decides this is where he re he's going to re-add color to the you know to the gimmick again, and we get like kind of close to Surfer Sting here? Surfer Sting, wow! I mean, I want blonde hair and everything now. Now he doesn't have any left, man. man. That, I mean, that is not happening. Let's make it happen. He he even didn't want the blonde hair past nineteen ninety four. I don't yeah, know. Man. I can kind of see out. something with. With the Union Jack, but to your point, he would have to add color to it. So, didn't he? Didn't he add some red last week for the whole Joker sting, though? Or, or am I mistaken? No, I think there might have been some red in there. Oh man, okay. when you said the whole thing about the Union Jack thing too, it's like I can one hundred percent see Darby doing that, given like given kind of a Sex Pistols look to his ring gear for this. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, that makes sense. All right, guys. Uh, well, stop talking about stuff I don't know anything about, and let's get back <laughs> on track. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so match number five. This one is, am I saying this right? The, one of only, well, okay, there's there's more to come, but this is the first actual singles match uh, of the night, and you're, you're five matches into it. Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Um, thoughts on this match drew what led us to this it kind of feels just put together here I, I don't really know much of a story between the two but maybe i'm missing it because unless they do something on dynamite um well tomorrow which will be tonight whenever we drop this but it's like it was just put together there is nothing behind it if anything the fact you said you know what you said there about like this is the first singles match made me realize like oh man you might be right about that it's like tony khan was just like how do i get everybody on the damn card <laughs> kevin uh your thoughts on chris jericho maybe a prediction on on the version of chris jericho we get so i think we can entirely see the pain maker oh, um yeah. regarding a version and didn't they run this in new japan before the pandemic didn't this match already happen between these two i know omega and um omega and yes. jericho happened but if it did i've got to be honest with you i forgot it happened yeah i i and and again to your point it's kind of fuzzy but i believe that these two have already fought once before and listen at this point in the stage of the game jericho is really there for one per purpose and that's to put younger talent over and make stars. Uh, I think he'll get it as occasional win, but I don't see that happening tonight at all. There's no way he goes over an Osprey, who right now is hitting Kenny Omega strides, in my opinion. Yeah, I really yeah. don't see him losing here. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I didn't give him a prediction, but just for the record, it's like, yeah, I can't see Osprey. It's like Osprey's at the top of his game, and, you know, Jericho's, like you said, He's he's there doing the best he can to get you know help the next generation of stars and yeah Will Ospreay's winning this. 
So previously, Osprey wrestled Kenny Omega in the Forbidden Door 2 pay-per-view. And as you remember, Osprey won that match, and it was actually a really, really good match. Um, a lot of people out there were questioning Jericho on whether or not he could maintain that caliber of match himself. I really don't put that kind of expectation on him. I mean, he's a completely different wrestler than Kenny Omega, and he's, you know, not even in the same, uh, you know, age group there with Kenny Omega. So I really don't, I don't, I'm not going into this thinking it needs to be as good as Omega versus Osprey. Kevin, you agree? Uh, I want to take a step backwards. I'm mistaken. They were going to, and then the pandemic hit. So that match never happened. Um, Morgan, ask me your question again. I'm sorry. So the question was, uh, some out there are saying, you know, can he, can Jericho put on a match with Osprey as good as, Kenny Omega and Jericho kind of mentioned that, you know, he's a different wrestler, but to me personally, I don't have that kind of expectation. I think I, I like Chris Jericho. I think um, that he still has a lot of skill in the ring, but he's, he's not at the same age as Kenny Omega by far. And he's, he, I don't have the same expectations of, of Jericho and Osprey as I did Omega Osprey. Do you? So a couple things. I think Osprey is going to work a Chris Jericho match. I will say that over the past six months, I've noticed that when Jericho works a a solid match, he is exhausted. I mean, the man's my age. He's 52 years old at this point. He's still going in the ring. But any match that he has that has been a very heavy, long, hard match, he looks physically exhausted at the end of it. And that being said, I think Will Osprey will work a Chris Jericho match. They'll take many of breaks. I think Osprey will do a lot of smoke and mirrors to get Jericho through that match. But again, I think this is just to put Osprey over as strong as he is. Drew, uh, excitement factor one to 10 for you with this one. Six. I, I, I think this will be a good match for the most part. But like, like you said, like this is Will Osprey is doing the best work of his career right now versus. 2023 Chris Jericho. I mean, if you wanted to get excited about it, we it's like I I need 2000s Chris Jericho. But, you know, his best days are behind him, but I still think he can churn out a good match. It, I think it'll be a fun watch, but you know, it, it's no it's nowhere near going to match what Osprey and Omega did at Forbidden Door. Yeah, I'm going to go with Osprey here. I think he's obviously, you know, got got more to to gain from this match. I think it'll be a good one. Key point on this one too. It's like, you know, Osprey's coming in here with the New Japan United Kingdom Championship title and this is almost this is basically a hometown crowd for him as well. Yeah, and if we're if we're judging matches on numbers, I'm going to give this a hard six or a soft seven. <laughs> what's it? What's the difference? <laughs> how many, maybe how many maybe someday you'll figure that out, Morgan. <laughs> it's it's you. I'm, I'm not good with math, so you know, just 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 give it to me. <laughs> uh, all right, so the next matchup is the one we talked about earlier that, that had some, you know, pre-week or early week uh, controversy or what late last week controversy, I guess. Weekend controversy, if you will, of FTR and the Young Bucks. Um, Cash Wheeler, uh, as I incorrectly mentioned earlier, Dax Harwood, but uh, Cash Wheeler is going to be 
Um, you know, he's he's obviously under the microscope right now because of some of his trouble with the law, but he is still going to be in the match and he's still going to be able to travel. So really, honestly, it's a non-issue. It seems like it's not even an, a big enough issue to cause a, a belt change here. Um, but I could definitely see the Young Bucks winning the belt here. You have to put uh, you have to put your your original guys on top. I think here. I, I I do feel like the Young Bucks walk away with the belts. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember who we started with before, so I'll just go down to Drew here. What are your thoughts? Am I am I off base here, or is F, is FTR keeping the belts? Am I crazy? Um. I had the bucks for this one. It's like, I, I was actually going to look at Kevin on that one. It's like, here's the thing, like before even the, you know, allegations against uh, Dash Wheeler came up, I was like, did you kind of think the bucks would maybe go over here anyways? So it's interesting. Both of you chose the bucks, but you can't give me a reason as to why, other than you <laughs> think that they just should go over. If you're the booker, reason, why would why would you put them over? What is the gain? Well, first of all, we know that Tony Khan doesn't need to have a story or a reason for anything, but other than the fact that they were the, one of the original starters of AEW, that's the reason for me. Okay. So starters of AEW, the Lucha Brothers, they don't have belts. Kenny, Hangman. They're they going to win their belts. match. They don't have belts. Uh, we lost Cody. Um, the 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 Bucks don't have belts, so I'm not sure that's a valid point. I I if you would ask me the day before Cash got arrested, I would have said FDR all day long. The optics aren't good. However, it's died down quite a bit, and it doesn't look like there's going to be any any repercussions from Tony Khan regarding Cash's status. This is a coin toss. I think it's going to be a very good match. I wouldn't expect anything less. But if I have to go against the grain, I'm going to say FTR here. Drew, um, what's your rating on this match? One to oh, ten. This will be like eight or nine. It really will. This will be probably one of the better matches of the night. But I also think, Kevin, I think you hit on a um, very important part. It's like I can totally see that with Tony Comer. He's like, we're going to book FTR and the Young Bucks, and they're going to go out there, and they're going to tear the house down. And the, Who's going over? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I really think that sometimes he flips a coin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I agree. Like, as a, I don't think he knows, and I don't think he's put enough thought into – I don't think there's a whole meticulous planning over, like, hey, who walks out of here with the belts? It's like, I don't know, but the match is going to be great. Let's think about that from a collision point of view. You have the quote-unquote real-world champion, which isn't a real belt. You have Luchasaurus, who's probably going to drop it to Darby. The only real belts you'll have left on collision are the tag belts. Right? Right. So, again, another reason why I would give the nod to FTR. I don't know. Do, do the belt, do you, do you have to do it that way where you're, I mean, is it that segmented between the two shows? They're completely opposite shows and you have to give them, I mean, we're going to start going down WWE lane here where we're having duplicate belts for two different shows because the kids can't play together. Yes. The answer is yes. I was like, I don't know. And I don't even think they know. 
<laughs> I think that's a horrible idea. I hate the idea of having four tag team belts. I think I hate the idea of having two championship belts and two women's championship belts. I, I hate it all. I hate it all. The only but, saving grace here is they're all Turner, or not Turner. Um, who owns TBS and TNT now? Isn't it Turner? Liberty Media or are they selling it still? I, I Whoever, yeah, whatever it's called these days, it, Turner in name. Um, the fact that they're on the same family of networks, I don't think we're ever going to see that two for this, two for that. But I think there's some levity to the fact that there are at least a or more than one champion on each show. I have to look that up now. Um, Isn't it Warner Media? It's Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Warner Media. Yeah, no, I think okay. that's gotta have it. Because oh, it was Liberty Media. You know, Liberty Media, I think, also owns like Formula One. That's how I knew that connection there. But then I think they I think they sold it off. So it's it's Warner Brothers altogether. Oh, yeah. Because I thought when you said Liberty Media, I was like, oh please, not the college. <laughs> no, not not the college, but the big conglomerate that owns almost all the big time stuff out there. Uh, all right. So we we've talked about FTR and the Young Bucks. Here's my thing. Could you not just have the Young Bucks win and then have a re an instant rematch the very next week and all out? Yes. Or take it back. Sure, What's but you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. That's a that's a Tony Khan thing, man. It's like, oh man, that match ruled. Run it again. Was you want me to continue to hold on your thunder, or you want to go ahead and let it go? No, I'll hold on. All right, all right. So we'll continue with the rest of the matches of the night. Match number seven. Uh, you've got champion Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm, uh, Soraya, and TBD, which uh, I put TBD. I have not up updated this, but it's uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, you know, this one is hard to predict. I, I, I know that we have talked about Soraya uh, possibly winning in her, in, you know, uh, across the, the sea here and, and in front of her kind of hometown area. I get that. Tony Storm, to me, doesn't seem like, you know, the the proper one because she just relinquished it and lost it to Sheeta. Um, and then Britt Baker, I think, is just um, one of those, hey, you've been with us and you're the girlfriend of one of the best friends of the best friends who were the starters of this. So I think she's just part of it because she's, in the click, uh, for better or worse. But um, I didn't used to think that about Britt Baker, but right now it just seems like she's kind of hanging on just because everybody like. Well, let me take that back. Everybody at least knows her. Um, so, Kevin, we'll start with you. Uh, this is the only, first and only women's match of the night. Thoughts on it? How did we get here? Uh, rating? Yes. I predicted I'll walk my dogs during this match. <laughs> Ouch. So Ouch. fun note, fun note, uh, Britt has announced that she's stepping back from her dentistry career to focus on her pro wrestling career. That's a true story. Um, listen, this was tailor made for Soraya, 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 sis, whatever her name is. Uh, her family is the equivalent of the hearts in that area of the world. And I wouldn't expect us to see a match where her family is not involved. She has a father, a mother, and a brother who are all pro wrestlers, and you know they will all be there. I fully expect her to go over, um, and I don't see it happening any other way. Drew? 
really? It's like, that's all, that's all the ranting we're going to get here. It's like, after, you know, everything you've said about the state of women's wrestling, that's, uh, it's like, okay. Yes. You know what else, Drew? I hope they don't embarrass themselves. (laughs) It's like, um, yeah, I was like, look, I'm with Kevin on that one where I'm just like, this man, it's like, I could see Tony Storm getting the win. I, it's like, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility, but realistically, like if there was going to be one singular moment where we're going to give Soraya the championship, just to say we got her back there at the top of the mountain again, this is it. It's like, I, it's like, like you said, her family is super important in this area. It's like, this is, it's like, even though she's a villain, they're going to pop. I think if she gets the win, it's going to give, you know, a moment where we're just kind of like, eh, but you know, and, that UK crowd's going to be a feel good moment for them. It's like, yeah. and then, you know, we're going to go to all out. And it's like, okay, now who do you want to be the real women's champion right now? Yeah. Yeah. I it's think Taylor made Kevin. I'm sorry. Say it again. I think that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. It's um, it, this, this whole tournament was tailor made to set up Soraya. They dropped the belt off Tony storm for an interim champion in, in, in Sheeta. You know, they did the right thing by Sheeta. They gave her the belt for a couple of weeks, and now they're going to put it on Soraya. And, Drew, to your point, I think we are going to run it back at All Out. Yeah, and the other thing I started thinking when you mentioned that, I was like, if you've paid attention to what they're doing with Tony Storm right now, it's like, she can't get the W after all, I think. Because I think the whole thing is that, like, she's slowly kind of, like, losing her mind about the fact that, like, she feels, you know, like, She's playing what the 1950s washed up, you know, actress and stuff like that. That gimmick doesn't work if you put the women's title right back on her. Exactly. That's why when you said that there's a possibility, I I was like, what are you talking about, Drew? I don't think there's any possibility at all. Go ahead and scratch Tony Storm off that off off the win list. There, she's not going to do it. Uh, I could see Sheeta keeping it. I could see Britt Baker keeping it because of what I mentioned earlier about Kenny Omega and, and the Young Bucks. Um, you know, but I could I, I feel like it's Soraya's time in, in her uh, in London. Calling this one right now, Kevin, it's like, do you think it's like, does Kevin make it through the rest of the pay-per-view or take a giant gap in the pay-per-view if Britt Baker gets the W and wins a title here? It would make no sense. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make any sense. I, 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 as much as I'm a Britt Baker fan, uh, or at least was a Britt Baker fan, I think her past couple of months have been less than desirable as far as working goes. But I, I do feel like it would be very, very weird. If anybody else goes over, look at the optics. They're going to get booed. And you don't want to see a champion that's crowned that night get booed. No disrespect to Britt Baker on this one, but like when we watch, when I watch WWE and you see certain things happen, we have that moment, or I have that moment where you're just like, God damn it, Vince McMahon. It's like, I feel if Britt wins here, that's my God damn it, Tony Khan moment. Good point. There's got to be at least one of those in every show. Yeah. You know, talking about one of those moments in the show, my question is this. And I, and I don't want to force you to have to go back, but I'm going to do it. Who do you think up until this point, we're getting ready to get into the, the main event. Up until this point, who gets the biggest 
Uh, well, I actually, excuse me, I'm skipping the the real world champion main event and then the actual world champion main event. So we'll call them both main events here to make me correct. But so far, who do you think gets the biggest boo from the crowd? Who who do you think gets the biggest pop from the crowd so far? Not including the last four guys, but anybody? Soraya gets Soraya gets the biggest pop. As far as booze, Don Callis. I was about to say, it's like if, if Don Callis opens his mouth, there you go. It, it, <laughs> it's like, um, biggest, you know, pop. It's like, yeah, it's going to be one of the hometown, you know, people here. Soraya has a really good chance. I think Tony Storm comes in, you know, and gets a baby face pop. I think, you know, a previous ones, like I can see Claudio's going to get a pop. Um, it's like Osprey's going to get a pop. Who do I think it's like, but if Don Callis doesn't open his mouth, I'll tell you right now. It's like, I have a, I have a suspicious one who gets the big booze. CM Punk. Oh, well, Hey, you're getting into the main events here, or at least the next match. Can I, can I have a question? I just want to do a quick geography test. Where is Tony storm from? She's um, from Australia. Yeah. Is right? that, is that in Europe? No, it's, uh, they speak the then same. Why would you get a baby face pop through? Because those, it's like, because Australia's like England's little cousin that they <laughs> associate themselves from. It's like Canada. They're in an apartment over a really cool house. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Vince McMahon thing. Damn it, it's close enough. <laughs> Listen, it's this is a wrestling podcast. It doesn't have to make sense. You understand. Right. Never apply logic to an illogical it's, business. It's just Asia to him. Um. All right, all right. So match number eight, CM Punk, the real world championship match, and the real world champion, which I don't know why you don't acknowledge CM Punk as the champion. I mean, Kevin, yeah, you know, look, you, it's just a bunch of disrespect. Look at this. I've got one of these right here. I'm as legitimate as the real world champion. It's like, I, it's like for the people listening to podcasts, I've got the AEW replica belt here. It's just like, this is about as legitimate as the real world championship is. Yeah, wow. I don't know. If I come yeah. over and take a bigger dump in your toilet, Drew, I'm the official champ. Is that the point? Who did you beat that? Who did you beat to get that? You do not come over here and wreck my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Um, again, I can't. I, I, I started with Kevin last time. We'll go to Drew this time. Do you feel like it's lost its thunder considering what we mentioned previously about rushing the match? Uh, and the last time they, they met was just a, kind of a cluster. Look, man, this is the match where I think everybody expects somebody to show out and it's, it's going to be underwhelming. And the bad part is, is I'll call you all on it right now. I don't think it's going to be Samoa Joe that, you know, screws this match up. I think CM Punk has is still very capable of delivering a really good match but this whole best in the world thing it's like let's be real man he ain't even the best wrestler in this company right now but when he win, he'll win it's like because that's you it's like Samoa Joe winning would be like the biggest mind fuck to me on this entire you know show Kevin do you think that this match, um, you, do you feel like that CM Punk will be able to have a good performance in this match? Because 
I know that he recently dressed up and and did his uh, GTS and it looked kind of sloppy. So first of all, Tony Khan has taken a huge shit on the Joe versus Punk history by hotshotting what they did two months ago. And now they're running it back with very little fanfare. And to Drew's point, I don't see any other outcome than to put CM Punk over. But in my opinion, Tony Khan murdered CM Punk versus Joe. Do you feel like there's any way, like any percentage, Joe could win? Well, isn't he, isn't he on TV um, as a character under a mask as a clown? I forget what it's called. It's based on a video game. We do. Twisted Metal. There we go. Twisted Metal. So if you wanted to do a tie-in, I guess that's really, really stretching it. Uh, I don't see I, I don't see Joe winning here. I just don't. There's there's no harm, and if he was to win, the whole real world champion angle dies, and it would just like I said, I think it's 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 bad booking to begin with, and why would you birth something a month ago just to kill it now? Go ahead, Drew. It's like side note. It's like Morgan. Thank you for the unintentional setup there. I appreciated that. The what percentage do you have Samoa of Samoa Joe winning? It's like eight and a third. He has an eight and a third chance of winning. At Steiner math. All in. <laughs> Steiner math, brother. Yeah, it's like he will always have an eight and a third chance of winning. <laughs> it's funny, Morgan um, nervously I, laughs because he has no idea what that reference means. I know exactly what it is. I mean, you just got to add the 25 to the 25, then you get the 75, right? And then you add the percent chance for Joe one-on-one. Which adds into your um, 33 and a third. If we were to have a, a three way match, doesn't he uh, even go to like sixty six and the seventh or something like that? Then he then he do the whole everything. But uh, that's the kind of math that I can get on board with. To be honest, um, you know, as long as it's in your favor and doesn't make sense to anyone else, that's where math really starts to to click with me. The numbers um, don't lie, and they spell disaster for Samoa Joe at all in. So let's, let's, let's rewind here, and I'll, I'll start with Kevin on this one. How would – what would have been the proper way of handling this? Handling – you mean CM, the history of CM Punk and Joe? Yeah, because yeah, let, let's go back two months. Let's say the match hasn't happened. What would have been the proper way of you have to, handling this? You have to smarten the AEW crowd up as to what they've done in Ring of Honor. And that would be smart for Tony because that's going to put eyes on Ring of Honor. People are going to want to go watch, going to want to go back and watch those matches. So then you're saying put a video package like, in. It's almost like in a, he doesn't know that his fan base is not a big Ring of Honor fanboy like he is. He well, is again, you are. just crushed all of that history, and you bought a company just to crush it. That doesn't make any sense. This isn't Succession, so. I would build a video package and I would have had this built for two, three months with the payoff being at all in or all out and that being your headliner. Because then you can believe, well, geez, they put so much behind this and they're fighting for uh, Joe's Ring of Honor. Uh, what does he have? The TV title? Is that what yeah, that is? TV. Yeah, the ROH TV title. There's, there's a possibility that CM Punk could win this or that Joe could lose this or vice versa. Just putting these two out there and expecting us to know the history for most people doesn't work. I would book it long term. I would book it three months of them not touching and never let them touch until the final match when they have it in a big pay-per-view. 
that's how I would have booked it. Kevin, again, thanks for the it's like for the other reference on there. It said like, why would you? It's like, why would you, you know, buy a country and then ignore the history and destroy it? I was like, yeah, because this isn't WWE in two thousand one when it buys WCW and ECW, right? It's yeah. Like, oh crap! Did they run that shit into the ground in a hurry? Yeah, you know, the more we look at, e- at AEW, the more we're seeing the mistakes of the past. You would think that in this day and age, where we've moved far so far ahead that cooler heads would prevail and people would basically point out what he, the route he's going down and how it's basically done for other companies in the past. I just, again, it's so easy for us to see because we're not involved. Maybe it's not as cut and dry on the inside. That's all I can think. But to his defense, everything he's done with ring of honor, no matter what has not been as bad as what WWE did with WCW in 2001 and ECW in 2006. Those are like the bar for how can I screw up a company I didn't start off with in the first place. Oh, good. You're right. He could have had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre happen in a Ring of Honor ring. Oh, God. that Now, that would have been on par. But, you know, like I said, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm trying to think like what ECW did back then that was like worse the worst. But it's like, uh, you know, the, I, I'm not going to lie, man. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre match was Kind of on par with that. Yep. Yep. But, you know, they made $100,000 and they gave it all to Hawaii. So good on them. And, you know, it was so bad. It was fun. I mean, really, who cares? We're going to we're gonna look back and laugh in history, but it made money for people that need it. And I'm good with that. Fair answer. I mean, like, realistically, we're probably all going to have forgotten about that match by, you know, all out. All right. So match number nine, final match of the night, the champion. MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus Adam Cole, baby, in the actual AEW World Championship title match. Uh, Obviously, again, we've already seen them earlier on in the show, three hours before. Knock on wood that they are healthy. And they will be fighting each other for the championship belt. Uh, Drew... um, Actually, I think it's Kevin's turn. We'll go to Kevin here. Starting you off, what's the history here? Any thoughts? Is this a 10 out of 10? Is this the one you've been waiting for? Is this the the main event to be all main events? Do you feel like this? Honestly, if you really think about it, MJF and Adam Cole have gotten to the point where they really should both be cheered at being announced into this match. Right? Okay, you ready? Because you're going to print this. Adam Cole's going over. He's going to turn heel. We're going to run it back it all out. And MJF is going to win. In that contract, he gets the instant rematch. And that's where we're going to see it all out. That's your headliner. And I'll bet my right flip-flop on it. Wow. Wow. Going with the expensive shoes. Drew, yeah, I mean, that? that's how it's going down. I'm just more like I said. I thought we bet WD-40 on this stuff at this point. <laughs> it's like... Um, I, I think what he's talking about is, you know, very real, very possible. Although I'm going to take the opposite route. I'm going to say Cole wins here and wins the title. And then they're going to run it back at all out. And that's where Cole is going to use interference or something to keep the championship. Uh, I think we're, I think we're ready for the point where like, we've it's like the audience has really warmed up on um 
MJF lately. And I just think we're ready for that point. Maybe we're, you know, MJF's chasing the title as the face, maybe. It's, I could see it happening. But yeah, like, mm. I, I'm with you on this one. Like, if, if MJF, you know, stabs Cole in the back, I don't see this being, produ- you know, as fun or great as Cole's the one who stabs MJF in the back here. Just to be clear, I'm not predicting what's going to happen at All Out. I need to see what happens at All In. But I know that Cole is going to go over. They were going to get that instant rematch. And then I'm not sure what's going to happen at All Out until I see how this match goes down. But we're going to get that quote-unquote dusty finish. Adam Cole will hold the belt. and We'll see what that look like looks like optically when we go off the air and see how that leaves the fans. And then that will determine the outcome of All Out, in my opinion. Ooh, wonder if they do the thing where, like, you know, it's like Adam Cole wins, but like, you know, they do the, it's like, it was just by barely. And he, it's like, and they kind of do the like, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry. They hug and, you know, like, you know, and he, and MJF's like genuinely happy for his idol and stuff. And, and then he's, that's where Cole's like, well, you know, I'm giving you the rematch here. And then, you know, when they do go to all out, that's where he does the heel turn. Mm, yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Morgan, what do you think? Mom, Morgan, tiebreakers. I'm messing around with the windows here. Sorry, sorry. I can't give you the tiebreaker because I'm clicking windows. Um, all right, all right. So I really don't like pitching, picking matches. You guys know this. You guys keep putting me on the spot, and I just hate it. Um, I know you're trying to convince me that Adam Cole is going to go over here, but to me – I don't know. I mean, like, how could you not have MG, MJF as your face with the title right now? I mean, he's got all the fans eating out of the palm of his hand. I don't think that he needs to be put into some sort of chasing Adam Cole or, or getting back his title or anything like that. I, how I mean, do you? But then again, I think as I'm saying this out loud, I think, well, wouldn't Adam Cole then be squashed if he ends up losing this match and he loses all his momentum? So then you're not building up a stable of, which is their problem right now, in my opinion, which you're not building up a group of guys that can kind of rotate through that heavyweight title. How do you not, how do you not reward Adam Cole from coming back from what was potentially a career ending uh, issue by not putting the strap on him? We're, we're in London. We're here in London for one, you know, opportunity. It's like, you have, this is your singular chance to send these people home happy because this is the main event. You got to, it's like, if you're going to be here once and one time only, send them home with something that makes them happy. It's like, it's going to be cold going over because MJF, it's like, is going to be MJF. We're going to be super excited to see him. You know, we're going to have the intro, but after that, it's like the second the bell rings, everybody in that place is looking for Cole to get the W. And I think we could see a double turn. I think we could see Adam Cole turn heel and MJF become the cool face. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I see this go. And then, like I said, it's like you. I think your point uh, stands. It's like what if MJF is not just the cool face, he's also the smart, you know, face who knows how to swindle his way to you know getting his opportunity to get the belt back yeah and he's somebody who doesn't need the belt his mouth is a belt in my opinion he doesn't need the belt anymore at least he needed to get it at least once 
and, yes, you know, and run the course. But now yep. at this point, you know, it's like it's going to be this with occasional his whole thing about the bidding war of 2024. So here's the deal. Now that we've gone through it, um, adding in those last two matches, do you feel like that CM Punk is up there in, in the getting the booze? And do you feel like Adam Cole is up there in the getting the cheers? I think MJF and Adam Cole will get a lot of cheers coming down to the match. No, I think, again, the biggest pop is going to be Soraya, and the biggest boos are going to be uh, Adam uh, Don, uh, Don Callis. I agree with the Don Callis part. It's like, but I need him to open his mouth. I think if he just comes out with the thing, it's like it'll be a tame, you know, response, you know, from the crowd. But if he gets the mic in front of him, that crowd's going to crap all over him. All right, last question of the night here. Any of these matches potentially five-star matches? Yeah, FTR and um, Young Bucks has all the potential in the world to be a five-star classic. I would agree with that. Cole and MDF could get there. I, I Exactly. I can't say I agree with you 100%, Drew. It's like, it's, it's, but the rest of it is like, no, it's like, it, it, it'll be, it's a, it'll be fun. It'll be great. I think there'll be a lot of high ranking matches. As much as Kenny wants to throw a five-star match out, out here, it's like, not with the, not with who he's working. If you, if it was straight Omega and Takesha, like, yeah, I'd say you could pull, they're going to pull a five-star here. I think I'll predict that Moxley's going to bleed as much as Samoa Joe sweats. I believe Eddie's going to bleed just as much too. Well, just t- just turn your television to black and white for poor Morgan during that entire match. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can deal with it. I just don't like it every single week, every single match. I mean, it just gets kind of old for me at that point. But uh, all right, fellas. Well, hey, thanks. Thanks for being a part of the show and talking more about wrestling and getting us ready and hopefully you ready for this year's All In, AEW All In London at Wembley Stadium coming up August 27th. And um, it'll be so Sunday. It's a packed house in Wembley Stadium with a lot of great matches. We've gone through them. Um, Make sure to hit the rating and give us a comment on what you think. If you agree with us or disagree with us, we'd love to hear from you as well. And don't forget to subscribe over to our different uh, platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, on behalf of Morgan, Kevin, and Drew, this has been the And Still a Wrestling Podcast.